0: Welcome to Soupcast, coming to you from Archaeo Soup Towers. By popular demand, we're taking selected videos from the Archaeo Soup back catalogue and bringing them to you as convenient podcasts. As the name implies, with Archaeo Soup you get a bit of everything thrown into the pot: archaeology, discussion, humour, and debate. You can find out more at archaeosoup.com. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our hearty helping of Archaeo Soup. You're right. How's it going?
1: Yeah, all right, mate. It's uh, was it? about half past ten in the after- in the uh, in the night here, so um, a little bit tired, a little bit off my game. So be gentle with me today.
0: Well, it's in the afternoon here, so um, I'm um, I'm already on the ribena though. So yeah. Mm.
1: Oh God, hitting it hard. <laughs> um...
0: Anyway, I just thought um, it might be worthwhile having a bit of a. I suppose just a bit of a chat about um uh our experiences sort of graduating and coming into being archaeologists. I mean, um obviously you've recently graduated this year, uh and it's been oh oh man, it's 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 getting on to uh seven years now since I graduated. That's just terrifying. Um oh, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> But um right. <laughs> oh, but uh, but unless I mean uh, what what um, how how, we, how have you found it so far being a recent graduate and you know trying to make your way in the archaeological world?
1: Well, I think my situation's slightly uh, different uh, to some in in Australia. I will use um, what I know in the respect that um, you're always encouraged to uh, do postgraduate uh, before you go out into the big world of um, archaeology and that's obviously both academia and uh, and the industry and basically, I haven't uh, done my postgraduate yet um, because multiple reasons. One, because I've discovered span and things have just been going from one strength to another.
0: So, uh, um, so I'm holding you back then.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's it. That's it. <laughs> no, no, well, I mean, the thing is as well is that I need to find um, a, a university and a course that I want to do as a postgraduate. Um, I want to find something worth studying in my mind, um, wow. which uh, the University of Glasgow... Um, has an appealing uh, conflict archaeology course, which um, I may do in the near future if I get the opportunity. But um, anyway, back to the main point, is that most Australian archaeologists, um, when they graduate with honours, they then try and apply to work in... A cultural heritage management firm
0: mm.
1: um i assume they call uh cultural heritage management firms the re- a relatively similar thing in the uk um, well, well, so, so,
0: so, so, well some, something like an archaeological unit so uh yeah a commercial okay. unit i guess all
1: right um well yes we, we would um try to apply to several commercial units and um basically the most luck people have been getting since about 2007-2008 is uh, on the big mining projects yeah, yeah so in western australia um where we have uh the big uh, rio tinto the big uh, mining companies they need to get um heritage studies done of um the land that they want to inspect for you know uh, mining so lots of iron ore mining and stuff and if they find, um, obviously, uh, indigenous activity and things like that, that has to be recorded. Now, the good thing about that form of archaeology is that it pays extraordinarily well. Um, and you, you, it's called something uh, called FIFO work. Now, FIFO is, basically stands for fly-in, fly-out work. Uh, so you get dropped off. Um, in the middle of the desert, sometimes, and you're asked to survey <laughs> uh, 40 square kilometres. Now, this this is in 40 degree heat. Do you know that that, that that
0: that's exactly what it's like in the UK. Be... <laughs> we just get flown out to a desert somewhere, and uh, no, no, obviously not. Um... <laughs> yeah, no, it's,
1: it's it's um it's quite. Shocking, um, some of the um, stories you hear, because um, because of oh and um, UV rays and things like that, they ask you to wear long pants mm-hmm. and even snake, um, what they call snake garters. Um, obviously, they're, they're, um, they're kind of like socks that you bring up to your knee and uh, snakes can't bite through them. Okay. Um, so, in wearing all this gear in 40-degree heat uh, is really something that uh, I can't see myself doing, even if the money is really good. Um, But just because you've graduated um, out of university doesn't mean you'll go straight into a good mining job. That's highly unlikely because the jobs advertised for people with a minimum of three to four years uh, experience in the heritage industry
0: yeah very yeah, yeah. So, I mean that's exactly well, that's, exact, that's exactly what we get over here that element of um, how do you get experience and I mean from for my part uh, I say graduated way back in 2007 now um, is that element of um, I was I was actually looking I was actually going to go and do postgrad as well and um, both the university and the funding body two different institutions assumed that the other one would give me funding so I ended up completely losing out and then I was tied to um, I'd I'd had to sign up for renting a house um, a year in advance as it were so for the following year so I was tied to this house had to go and get a job in a call center in Durham and um, how on a, Yeah, how, how how do you solve that problem of getting experience, especially when, for the most part, I don't know if it's the same there, but you have to essentially pay to go and and do that kind of work
1: that's 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 it and i mean um i think one of the first videos that i that i made for archaeo was on this topic about um you're basically paying for the privilege of going out on the dig now Mm. um there's two different versions of that and one of them is um indirectly uh where basically you're driving out your, your all your costs which include petrol food accommodation um what else would there be sometimes you have to bring your own tools that's a little rarer but the thing is is that maybe maybe books uh,
0: to to complement anything you find you know research whatever yeah
1: exactly and the thing is is that um, uh, there's now a trend which is a good thing I think of companies reimbursing you uh, maybe $100 Australian a day to cover all your costs but it's not an actual wage So technically you're not losing out, but you're not getting any money in return, which I think is a a fairly good way of doing things. But on the other hand, you have, um, I suppose, archeological field schools where, if they're run properly and things, you're paying $2,000 in some cases to go to a, a school in the middle of Belize to study Mayan ruins and stuff, and you get graded and credited. Yeah. Um, for that kind of work, uh, it's it's very big in the United States, but uh, in Australia, it's very very rare, almost unheard of. And um, as as far as I understand it, it's something similar in the UK, isn't it, um, Mr. Sue? <laughs>
0: um, well, yeah, I mean, you can you can do that kind of thing. You can certainly you can certainly pay to get, um, you know, to go and do the, do digging experience on different different sites and so on and so forth. But I suppose. I mean, apart 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 from the possibility of doing it, I think the Mm -hmm. problem for many new graduates is being able to do it. If so, I mean, I mean, in in my in my case, I was I was essentially I was living away from home. Obviously, I wasn't living in North Wales, and you have to try and essentially try and pay your rent, and you're being paid minimum wage, and it's it's really hard actually to break out of that. Now, obviously. Um, you know, since moving to Newcastle, I did lots of volunteering. I volunteered with the HER, uh, the Historic Environments Record, um, and, uh, and some other units, and, and I got some work like that. But it's 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 not easy, uh, and it's kind of strange how there is that expectation. Now, now, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's the assumption that if you if you're really really passionate about archaeology, you will just find a way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm happy to say, I mean. I certainly have found a way to do it and 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 um, so are you but it's it's not straightforward and um, I, I don't know I mean I mean how, how are your how are your friends finding it? I mean I know I know lots of my friends are just about just about getting into the situation where they can start to get jobs and we're talking seven years on you know it's uh, it's really interesting
1: yeah no well I mean most of my friends graduated uh, a little bit before me, hmm. um, so ah, we we were we uh, held
0: back. Were you? <laughs> <Something> <laughs> <like that. laughs> uh, I was
1: a naughty boy, anyway. um, but no. Anyway, basically, some of them have gone out and they've been quite um, after to go and get some jobs. Uh, my close friend, um, who who. Um, we used to actually be housemates as well for a while. She's moved up to New South Wales to do a master's course in um, osteoarchaeology uh-huh. uh, because primarily she's she's one of the uh, cleverest people that I know, brilliant archaeologist and would uh, she would be a credit to any firm but the issue is is uh, her lack of experience and lack of opportunities in in my state. Mm. Now, the difference between Australia and um, the UK in this way, I think, is because um, even though we do have a national system, um, the Borough Charter, which is a a code of ethics in a way, that deal with heritage sites, uh, state legislation here is um, the legislation that directly affects archaeology and heritage. Uh, So even though we do have some local protections, Um, It's mostly focused on the state level to have these protections. And what is the main uh, issue there is that uh, it it kind of bottlenecks um, the situation because the laws are different in different states. Uh Ah, yeah, yeah. Victoria's laws are quite stringent in both uh, historical and Indigenous archaeology, which are two different departments as well. (laughs) Um, However, In tasmania they're thinking of adopting laws similar to us but haven't got there yet new south wales is different again queensland and western australia south australia the northern territory all have their own set of laws or lack thereof Mm. Uh, so So in
0: in some ways uh, in some ways do you find that the um you can't even guarantee a direct transferability of skills, as it were, from from state to state or site to site. I mean, not to say say skills, but, you know, but the the ability to prove that you've got certain skills that will meet the the different states' Mm -hmm. requirements, you know.
1: Well, uh, my my issue, Because I haven't I haven't uh, worked interstate, so I can't say it with authority. But my understanding is it's the bureaucracy. So if you're writing a um, what we call a CHMP in Victoria, a cultural heritage management plan, which is um, partly an archaeological p- report as well as partly, um, uh, what's the best way to put it? Partly uh, we're we're giving advice. It's a, it's an advisory um, paper um to developers to basically say what you can do uh what you can't do preferably things like that Mm. and the issue is is that every state's different in that respect so i might write a cultural heritage management plan in victoria but in western australia they might not only call it something different but they also might say you have to include an environmental um, component to your plan Mm -hmm. um so, I mean, that's that's an example of how things
0: are so different in the different states. So, actually, so really, what what I suppose what you're touching on there is that there is a there's a there's an even bigger fundament, fundament fundamental fundamental difference in terms of the um, how archaeology how archaeology is practiced between the UK and Australia, and that is that you, as it stands now, can go out because you you could, there's an understanding that you've got you've reached a certain level having got your ons um, you can go out and you can practice you can write reports you can submit these reports to local bodies or whatever whereas in the UK that's not the case the assumption is okay great you've got a got a degree uh, yeah a degree well done but what's your experience and then you've got you've got to go on to prove that experience and and um, that this is this is the reason why i completely agree with the fact that yeah units won't hire you unless you've got digging experience otherwise they're just hiring someone who's going to muck up a site but um in some ways i can't help but think it'd be lovely to have and maybe actually the, the introduction of the, the um what was it the charter for the institute of field archaeologists over here will change that it will mean that actually we we get if you, you know, if you decide to become a member of the institute, and they have to make sure that you've got certain standards of edu- of you know education, digging experience, qualifications, whatever, it'll it'll give you some sort of way of. You know having a card or something that you can just say okay yes i have got experience and then you can you can go into you can go on to yes yeah,
1: that's that's something that um people have suggested over here as well as that you have basically some sort of a field journal which you tick off your skills once you've done them or or an ar- a qualified archaeologist and mentor will do that for you mm, um mm. which is i think it's a brilliant idea um however the logistics to it um, might be a bit more difficult to impl- in um to sort out but also, not to, mention, not
0: to mention, not to mention, I know many diggers who have amazing experience, but can't necessarily formally show it. You know, they can't, they can't evidence it. They just, they've just got decades of experience. You know. Um,
1: that's that's true, and um, yeah, I, I under, I understand that um, that might be the case. But one of the main issues I find in this is that it's with us, it's not digging experience that's lacking, or even evidence to show that it's lacking. It's report writing. Mm. If you haven't written reports but have spent maybe even 12 months to 24 months out on site, um, you might be looked on for to be a good um, uh, field uh, operator, but you won't really be given um, any actual academic side to the archaeology. So you may you may be recording um your site plan and you know little things like that but when it actually comes to report writing um you can you cannot um do that which is is the big thing in australia is that if you've written reports before odds are you you, you'll be able to find a job a lot easier than someone who hasn't yeah but i mean it, it just flows into this whole thing that there is a huge bottleneck and a lot of people um, our age coming out of university are getting uh, in some ways quite depressed and um, are moving on to other careers so I mean is, do you find that's the case in the United Kingdom as well?
0: Well definitely yeah I mean most most of the people that I, I was in uni with like on my archaeology course they they haven't gone on to do archaeology um, because it because it is hard to break break into a career and on the one hand you could argue that, that actually means that the people who make it into archaeology and who are enthusiastic about, about archaeology are the best ones to be doing it you know you could you could make that argument but it, it, there are an awful lot of people who I would say had a they were talented but they ended up having to just go and do a PGCE, that is, sorry, teacher training or something like that. And now they're teaching primary school or something. And and also, frankly, I mean, obviously, um, I don't know if you've heard, but like the, the Institute of Field Archaeologists here um, did, did, did a report that touched on the fact that many archaeologists find themselves actually rather depressed or even turning to drink. Um, and uh, and uh, that that's a real shame. And I can't help but think, but wonder whether there's a, Maybe actually, maybe there's a bottleneck in terms of the number of people who are who are wanting to get a career in archaeology. Perhaps that's a, that's a, a bitter pill that that should be swallowed, and the fact that not everyone is going to be able to get a job. Um, and an awful lot of people will find themselves having just to be, you know, nomadic diggers. I guess.
1: Yeah, hobby more of a hobby digger rather than a somebody who might actually. Um, I suppose, discover and record a site themselves. I mean, that's really the, the aim of every student that comes out of university is to get their own, to become a director of one site. Mm. Um, there's people that have been doing that kind of thing for years. That's that's but that's but a very small goal, but mm. it's a very hard one to attain, I think, which mm. is really interesting. But I also think that um, what's, what you've done, uh, Mr Soup, is a brilliant... Um, turn of events, but the reason why I suppose I I made contact with you in the first place and hoisted um, my dream um, into, uh, I suppose, your basket is because public archaeology is something that's undervalued, even in the archaeological community, if not slightly under-researched. And what we're finding now is that there are so many opportunities coming off the back of um, uh, grand old shows like Time Team where it's not just about making money here, but an interesting fact is that Time Team was putting more money into archaeology every year than English Heritage was, the the national government department. Wow. So what you've got to think there is that if those kind of opportunities exist, then companies like ArchaeoSoup that are going out um, with passion to teach uh, heritage to local, um, local school kids for starters, um, to go on the internet and share our enthusiasm with our colleagues and um, you know the, the everyday man down the street who may not understand um, academic vernacular. Uh, I just think it's, um, I think it's a worthy pursuit. Uh, mixed into something that really hasn't been done before in archaeology
0: yeah yeah. okay okay so 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 in some ways you think that just because the old models are starting to bottleneck a little bit there are opportunities for archaeologists to get out there and and be passionate about their subject and and share it with the world that that's that's that that's a, a a way of doing archaeology for them kind of thing
1: Adversity creates opportunity, Mm. um, I think, and opportunity is what um, both of us are constantly try to um, do. I mean, our our conversations go on for hours sometimes, talking about different opportunities. So when I see our programs running so well, our workshops getting national recognition it makes it does make me feel a bit more confident in myself as a recent graduate of archaeology that mm. i can make a difference in a subject on a on a world scale
0: mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. well on, on that massive massive um <laughs> uh, oh, imagine, yeah. well yeah it's just like um <laughs> on that massive <laughs> point i suppose we'll have to bring this conversation to a close but um so, so I suppose all, all in all, there are opportunities out there for, for for new graduates. It's just a case of of keeping the faith, as it were, keeping keep working hard.
1: It, it's it is a keep working hard situation, but also put more credit into yourself and put more stock into yourself because you never know, creating your own business or. Um, Working with other friends and people out of university will create opportunities for yourself. Hmm. And that's how that's how I suppose winning is done. That's how How you win make something. Win.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, no, 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 no. I suppose more, more, I suppose to put it another way, I mean, um, I suppose archaeologists need to to accept that actually they're very skilled in many different areas and this can be applied to 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 finding new ways of doing what they love and, and what they want to do I guess yeah okay well,
1: yeah it's such a vague it's such a vague profession that um you could either say they're skilled in many areas or um a Jack of all trades, master of none um, of the <laughs> science community, and I'm sure you'd find a lot of physicists and uh, biologists saying that about archaeologists. So, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, 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 okay, <laughs> cool. Interesting, it is an interesting and wonderful career, um, <laughs> to
0: be in. <laughs> cool, yeah, well, definitely, definitely. All right, then. well, um, in that case, uh, we'll leave it there then. Um, cheers, it's been an interesting conversation. I'll catch you there. You bye.